Extra, extra, have you heard? The miraculous in our midst, one before space and time, ruler of the nations. Have you heard an ancient promise, the fulfillment of prophecy, the incarnate deity? Have you heard the Prince of Peace, our one true King, God in flesh? Have you heard Jesus, son of Mary and Joseph? Jesus the Christ, Jesus, Son of Man. New Life YA! How you doing? You good? You, you're looking good. Hands up if you're sitting next to someone good looking. All right, that's good, a lot of hands. Up the back there, few hands missing. That's all right. We'll pray for you at the end. Wow, it's so good to be here back in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. And had some good Mexican food for lunch. So uh, that's the real reason why I'm here. And, uh, but it's really, it's so good to be back in the USA. And uh, yeah, so I I'm an Australian and uh, I live in Hong Kong. And we have, we have a great church there, and uh, I met Bronson and Callie a few years back. How long has it been? Three years, maybe? Five? Really? Wow, that's amazing. And so, met with these guys in Hong Kong, and we just became great friends, and, and our church, we're, we're really partnering together, and you guys, I don't know if you know this, but you send us mission teams every year now to help our church, and it's been a great blessing to our church. And last year was our greatest year of growth, and a big part of that was thanks to you guys for bringing your teams. So give yourselves a hand. You're amazing. Thank you for your heart for the nations. It's, it's amazing. And uh, can, I, can I just show you a quick photo of my family? Is that all right? Because uh, I'm pretty proud of them. There's my family there. And it was actually this time last year when I found out that uh, my wife was pregnant with twins. And Bronson and Callie were the first people in the whole world that I told that, actually. So that's how much I love you guys. And so um, needless to say that I've been uh, sleep deprived for months and months and months. So jet lag is, is easy for me now, all right? Because uh, God has blessed me with this amazing family and yeah, just, just really, really God has been so good to us in Hong Kong and it's just, uh, Really, just my life is a testimony of how good God is, and I just want to encourage you that God can give you your dreams. He really can. I mean, I can't believe that as an Australian, I'd be leading a church in Hong Kong and speaking in Arkansas, <laughs> married to, to, a, to a beautiful Hong Kong girl. My life is amazing, and all the glory to God for that. But tonight, I really want to share with you about Jesus. Do you love Jesus? You know, Jesus can help you get through anything. And I don't know what kind of situation you've been in or, or, or what situation you find yourself in here tonight, but I want to tell you that Jesus is the answer to whatever you're facing in your life. And He can help you through the storms of life. He can help you through the hardships that you're going through, through unexpected turns of events. He is with you, He loves you, and He's on your side. Amen. I like that. Cool. 
I heard that you're a responsive church. Is that true? I like it. You know, you know, life has a lot of ups and downs. And it's a lot like, you know, being on a, on a boat and on, on a journey somewhere where, where you're traveling towards where God has called you to go. But when you, when you get on the open, open sea and you're in a boat, you know, you, you can't, you don't know what the weather's going to do. And sometimes the weather can turn ugly pretty quick and, and, and things can get challenging all of a sudden. Have you ever had one of those suddenly moments where things have been just going so good and it looks smooth, but then all of a sudden, you know, it seems like everything just goes crazy all at once and a big storm comes up in your life. Tonight I want to talk about those kind of moments and how Jesus can be the anchor that, that keeps you from being shipwrecked in those kind of moments. You know, just, just last week, um, we had a pretty, pretty big thing happen to our church. And some of you, maybe if you were here last time when I spoke, I brought along one of our pastors. Well, just last week, uh, he, he was not feeling well, and he, he went to the doctor, and, they, and, and they, they said to him, you need to go and get a checkup, and you need to get an MRI, and they, they, they did that, and they found that there was very little blood flowing to the left side of his brain. And they said, look, you can't go anywhere. We need to operate on you uh, tomorrow morning. You could have a stroke at any time right now. And it was a huge thing. And, and, and that next morning, he had an operation. It was a complete success. Praise the Lord. And, you know, just, just in, the, in, the, in the case of about 24 hours, he went from just feeling a bit dizzy to being on an operating table. That's a suddenly kind of moment. And life can throw you those kind of storms into your life. You know, there was a time in the Bible, in, a, uh, in Mark chapter 4, where Jesus is on this boat with his disciples, and suddenly things went crazy. Suddenly a storm happened. Let's have a look what it says in Mark 4. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. suddenly. Let's do that again. Suddenly. suddenly. Cool. You guys are really good at that. Do you, do you do that a lot? Yeah, that's good. Cool. It, it, in my church, we have two languages, so it doesn't really work, you know. <laughs> Suddenly, and then something. Anyway, it's messy. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake, saying, Teacher, don't you even care that we were all about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, Hush, calm down. All at once, the wind stopped howling, and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? You know, it's interesting that these disciples were actually following the call of God. They were doing the right thing. They were on, directly on God's purpose for their life, and they ran into a storm. And I've found that the storms of life, when things go crazy, it's not, it's not just for people who don't know Jesus. It's part of life. It's part of the Christian life, and it's part of the unbeliever's life. We're all going to experience storms in our life. And I wish I could stand up here and, and tell you today that, you know, if you've got Jesus in your life, you're never going to go through hard times, but it just wouldn't be true. 
And you know it's not true. It's just not real. But the thing is, when you've got Jesus in your boat, when he's in your life and he's in your heart and you've got a relationship with him, you don't have to be afraid. You need to learn how to trust him. And he'll get you through that storm. Maybe that storm is a bad health report. Maybe that storm is a relationship struggle. Maybe that storm is the loss of a job. Maybe that storm is losing a loved one. Even to good people doing the right thing, this can happen. But with Jesus, the storm doesn't have to shipwreck you. That's my message here for, for some people here tonight. And you're in that storm right now. Jesus can be that anchor in your life. And whatever situation you're facing, it doesn't have to be the end of you. He can help you through it. Now, our church, Lifehouse Church, is kind of all over Asia. Actually, we started in Tokyo, Japan about 16 years ago, and then kind of spread out throughout Japan and planted some other churches in, in Hong Kong and Taiwan and China. And, and uh, so we started in Japan, and we had these uh, two girls who were, who were Aussies, Australians, and they were living in Osaka, Japan, teaching English, and, but basically they were there on mission to help us plant a church in Osaka. And so they were just totally following the call of God, amazing assets to that church, and one day the police showed up at their house. That's not a good thing, is it? Not a good thing. And uh, so they, they, they showed up at the house, knocked on the door, they opened the door, and they handcuffed these good girls from our church. And if you know these girls, they're the sweetest, most wonderful girls. And uh, to hear this story now, it's just crazy. But the police put them in handcuffs, took them in, and they interrogated them for 10 hours. And what had happened was they had accidentally not got the right stamp on their visa, so they had been working when they, they shouldn't have. All they needed to do was go and put in an application form and they would have got approved. It was literally just a stamp issue that they could have got very easily, but they didn't know. And the police caught them. They put them in interrogations. They, they actually tied them to chairs, which is probably illegal in a lot of countries. And uh, it was the equivalent of the Japanese FBI. So it was like really crazy. I mean, I think Japan has very little crime and they've got nothing to do. So uh, they, they just took these two, like, these, these two innocent girls and, and just was, was crazy. And, and, and they, they didn't understand the whole situation of why these girls were giving some of their money to the church. You know, have the church brought you over here? And, and did, 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 they, did, did the church do something so now you're, you're in debt to them and you have to give 10% to them? That's called tithing, right? <laughs> normal, normal in the Christian world, but in, J in Japan, I mean, people don't understand what that is. And so to them, it just looked bad, and they, they interrogated them and this cra all this crazy stuff. In the end, they found out, you know, they were innocent, and, 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 but they had to leave Japan in that moment. And uh, so they, they left Japan, came over to Lifehouse in Hong Kong. That's why we have churches in other countries, so when you get deported, you can, uh, you've got somewhere to go. <laughs> So they were like, cool, we'll go, to, we'll go to Hong Kong. They went to Hong Kong, and, you know, both those girls ended up getting incredible jobs, like earning significantly more times their income they were earning in Japan. They now love Hong Kong. They want to be there long term. And it's just amazing how God can use such a terrible thing to kind of 
bring people to a greater level of blessing in their life. But it's really, really hard, and sometimes it's really scary when you're in that storm. And sometimes you, you, you're doing everything right, but the storm comes. But our faith can be an anchor in that storm. No matter what life throws at you, there's hope. And his name is Jesus. You know, in Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews tells the church to stay encouraged when they were in a storm moment. And uh, basically, the, these Jewish Christians were being persecuted, and, and, and they were tempted to go back to their old lifestyle. They were tempted to, to go back to what they were before. And he says this in Hebrews 6.10, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you've worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. And he's basically saying, I know it's hard, but stick to the call of God in your life. Keep loving people. Keep loving your church. Keep serving God. Keep serving people. Stay on track. In other words, don't turn back just because it gets hard. God, God's got more for you, but you've just got to get through the storm. Don't let your suffering take you away from God's call and his purpose on your life. You know, I've learned that in life that when our suffering is this big, God can give us a purpose that's this big. We've got to look to him. In the next verse, in verse 12, it says, he goes on to say, hey, when you do that, when you, when you stay focused, when you stay on the call, when you keep loving God and you keep loving other people and you keep serving, it says, then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and their endurance. So good. You know, when I was 22 years old, I got fired from what I thought was my dream job. And I was living in Australia at the time, just finished university, and, you know, first time getting a real job where I got to wear a, wear a suit, you know. Felt really important, working in Sydney there and going to, to work every day and with my suit. <laughs> Did you know I was wearing a suit? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, 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 I felt pretty special because I, I, I got through a pretty difficult interview process and they chose me over a few hundred people and felt really special and two months later I got fired and uh, lost that job, and um, it really rocked my, I guess, my belief in myself. And I decided, fine, I've had enough of this. I'm moving to Japan. And I ran away from my life, and I decided to go teach English in Japan for a year. It wasn't a holy mission trip. I went to teach English and just to experience a different country and just to get out of my life. And uh, that was when I started going to Lifehouse Church. My whole life changed in that church. I really got discipled in, in Japan, of all places, and found the call of God in my life in Japan. And uh, to me, when I came into this church, I was meeting these Japanese Christians who had who just learned about Jesus like four months ago. 
and they were up, up the front, jumping up and down and just praising God, and they're, they're just full of the joy of the Lord. And I, and I came in, and I kind of was standing up the back with my arms crossed, and nothing wrong with being up the back, right? You guys are awesome. But, you know, just, just my whole attitude was, hmm. And I, honestly, I was like what that, what that scripture described. I was dull, and I was indifferent, because I've been in church for as long as I could remember, and yeah, I love God, but mm. And I got challenged when I looked around and I saw these new Christians who were more passionate than me. And I just thought, what's happened? I got, I got dull. I got indifferent. And God, I just don't want to be that anymore. I want to change. And you know what? When you want to change, you're in the perfect place to do it. When you're in a great local church like this one, and you're saying, God, I just, I just need change in my life. You've come to the right place, and you just need Jesus. And I decided, you know what? My attitude, my passion is my decision. It's not a result of my circumstances or what I've been through. I've got to take responsibility for my own heart. It's no one else's job. And it's not even God's job. He can't change your heart unless you're saying, change me. And I just decided, God, I'm fed up. I just want to be passionate again. And it's funny how you just need to make a decision. Just a decision to say, God, I'm, I'm excited for your call on my life, even though I don't know what it is. Because <laughs> at that time, I had no idea. It's amazing. Ten years later, I'm leading a church in Hong Kong. It's crazy. Life is crazy, but when you follow God, things end up good. What are these promises it talks about? It talks about how we'll follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Well, those promises could be your healing. Those promises are His salvation in our life. Those promises are His call on your life. Those promises are His blessing on your life. Are you believing for that? Do you believe for those things? We've got to endure sometimes to get through that storm to see the sunshine on the other side. But sometimes life is, you know, life is a bit of a marathon, and sometimes we've got to hold to those promises. That's why it talks about endurance. And in the next verse, in verse 13, he brings up this example of Abraham in the Old Testament. Let's have a look. He says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. That's the promise, great promise. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now, if you know this story, you know that the promise was that he would be made a great nation, right? That, 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 that thousands of, of descendants, more than could be counted, would come from this guy, Abraham. And yet he was an old man who had no kids. And so when he was 75 years old, he got this promise that, hey, you're going to be made a great nation and the nations will be blessed through you. And, and, and Abraham actually believed it and he held to that promise. He's like, okay, I'm 75, pretty old. My wife's pretty old too, but uh, God, I believe you. And he held to that promise. The next, a, a, a year passed, no baby. 
Two years passed, no baby. Three years passed, no baby. Four years passed, no baby. I'll save you the, the, the counting. Five years, 10 years, 15 years, he's 90 years old and still doesn't have the promise. Then he gets another promise that he'll have a son. Five more years go by, another five go by. He's 100 years old when Isaac is born. 25 years since that original promise. And it, it went from being impossible to being absolutely, totally unbelievable. Right? I mean, you know, 75 to 100 and having their first child, and yet he got his promise. Sometimes in those, in those moments when we're in that storm and we're holding on to that promise, I mean, it can seem like nothing's happening, but we've got to hold to the promise. And it actually says we need examples. That's why I want to be in a great church, is I want to be around people who are holding to God's promises. I want to be around great leaders. I want to be in the middle of the action around the people who are passionate who are saying, yes, I claim that for my life. I want to be around those people. And that, that's a choice to get involved, to start serving, to go to a life group, to be a part of something. Don't just attend, but be a part of something and to get around some great examples. And you'll see God's promises come activated in your life as well. But when you're in a storm, we need an anchor. And I've found that in life, there are, there's a good anchor and there's a whole lot of bad anchors. What, what, what is an anchor? Well, an anchor is something that, you know, you, 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 you hook it to the ground. I think hook, is that the right word? Hook. You just hook it. <laughs> and, you know, the boat gets thrown around, but it doesn't get shipwrecked, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make the issues of life small issues because some of them are really big and they will rock you. And that's okay. And don't let the devil make you feel guilty just because you're not perfect in a hard time. Because that's what he'll do. My, my senior pastor, Pastor Rod, he calls that the double punch, where you get smashed by life and then the devil makes you feel guilty. It's like, ooh, ooh. But the anchor is really what, you know, what, what, what keeps you stable in the hard time. But there's lots of different things that we can anchor to. And sometimes when we're in a hard time, we can anchor to our own abilities and our own strength. And we say, hey, I'm strong enough. I'll get through this. I've been through other stuff before. I'm pretty strong. Or maybe it's around, about your background. Maybe you say, well, hey, I come from this kind of background and I know what I'm doing. And, and we anchor to that. Maybe it's we anchor to how good we are and, oh, I'm, I'm so good, you know. I'll, I'll be fine because I'm a good person. Or maybe we, we, we anchor to, 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 to any kind of other thing, how much money we've got in the bank account. I'll be okay because I've got, I've got this money and I've built up career security and all this kind of thing. Or I've got a healthy body. But all of those things can be taken away. And it's like a boat that has... There's my anchor. That's my anchor symbol. <laughs> And it's like a boat that's got its anchor in itself. And that's just not anchored to anything. And so in reality, even if your life is awesome right now, or what do you say? Awesome. Awesome. Even if your life is awesome, 
Is that right? That's not a swear word, is it? Sound a bit close. And, and even, even if things are going really good, yeah, it's really good because, because things are smooth. But just wait till a storm comes and you'll realize how unstable you are. There's a lot of bad anchors. And the more unstable we are, the more anxious we get, the more we worry, the more we become afraid of the future. We, we, we become afraid of a relationship. We become afraid of a promotion and, and we don't take bold steps forward. There's really only one good anchor in life and his name is Jesus. And that's what leads to pretty much the key verse um, for this, this, this sermon tonight, Hebrews 6, 18 and 19. Let's have a look. It says, so God has given both the promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can help or can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Here we go. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain and into God's inner sanctuary. In other words, it leads us into God's presence. Even in the hard time, you can be in God's presence. And it brings hope. If our anchor is in something that's unchangeable, it won't move. Everything else moves. Everything else is unstable except for Jesus and what he did on the cross. It's what we celebrated last week, right? In Easter, what he did on the cross, that's our anchor. That cross would probably make a good anchor, wouldn't it? The cross shape, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. I'm not sure. But our hope is in Jesus and what he did on the cross. Because he bought our freedom. He bought our healing. He bought your breakthrough. He bought your promise. He bought the call on your life. In Ephesians 1 verse 3, it talks about what's happened, what happens when we unite ourselves with Christ. And I love this. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, look at this, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Every spiritual blessing. Everyone say every. Every spiritual blessing. What are you believing for? Can you trust that scripture? Can you trust God's word? That even though you're in the storm, that you can believe for every spiritual blessing in your life? It doesn't mean that everything's smooth. That's not what it says. But it says that you can be blessed even in a hard time. But only if you're united with Jesus. It's not even about being, being, you know, attending a church. It's actually about your relationship with Jesus. Although I encourage you to attend the church. <laughs> That'll change your life. Attend the church and get to know Jesus. And every spiritual blessing is available to you. The cross promises my healing. The cross promises my forgiveness. The, pro the cross promises heaven. The cross promises a breakthrough. The cross promises that God's presence can be in my life even when everything seems like it's going wrong. So I want to ask you today, what could sink you? What is that thing that's, that's trying to sink you? Or where, where is that area of your life that you've probably put a, a bit too much hope in that it needs to really be Jesus? Is it guilt? Do you feel like you've failed God? 
Is it a bad doctor's report? Is it when depression flares up again in your life? Is it the unfulfilled promises of God, the the things that were on your heart but just haven't happened yet? Is that trying to sink you? Well, we need an anchor, and his name is Jesus. I just want to give you a few practical points from this message. I'll just ask um, for some spiritual music. Is that all right? We'll get some keys. Cool. It's good. By the way, worship was, oh, so good. And I said, I said to Bronson when we were worshiping, I said, I'm never, I never want to sing again after I heard those three. Yeah, so I give up. Number one, anchor your soul to Jesus. That's a decision, the choice of what you anchor yourself to, the choice of what you put your hope in. Um, seven months ago, um, my sons were born, my twins, and uh, I was, my wife was in Hong Kong, and she was, you know, still had five weeks to go, and I thought, it'll be safe to go to Japan to our annual conference for three days, and as soon as I got there, she called me and said, I'm having the twins, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. So I got on the the next flight and uh, missed the whole conference, missed the whole birth. And, uh, but you know, that that flight back, I I didn't know what was happening. And all I just knew was that she was five weeks early and I was really scared. And I just wanted to be there. And uh, I was angry and I was upset and I was afraid. And uh, I was sat on that plane and I just, I just had to read my Bible. Um, And just, I just needed to hear from God. I want to encourage you to build those kind of habits. Reading your Bible. Like, build it in the good times, and then when the storms come, you, you've, you've got it built in. And, uh, you know, God spoke to me, and I, I'll be honest, I still worried a little bit, but it was a whole lot less. I'm still human, all right? But I gave a lot of that to Jesus and just put my trust in Him for my wife and for my boys, and everything turned out good. Praise the Lord. I want to encourage you, if you know, if you're believing for healing in your life, go to the doctor, but believe Jesus for your healing. Put your hope in Him. I mean, take your medicine, but put your hope in Jesus. If you're looking for a job, you know, you're believing for a great job, apply, you know, write a really good resume. Do you call them resumes? Is that what the word you use? Write a really good one. Make it awesome and send it out to as many people as you can, but then... Come on, believe, believe Jesus for your breakthrough. Let your hope be in Him. Don't just pray about it and don't apply for jobs. That doesn't work. You gotta, you gotta do your part. What is your hope in? Is it Jesus or is it in you? Number two, passionately hold to God's promises. Don't forget why you do what you do. Don't forget why you came to church in the first place. You know, don't get dull and indifferent. Choose to be focused on what God's call for your life and, and on that anchor. Don't get focused on the storm that's around you. Don't lose your focus. I love that this church has such a great vision. The, the Arkansas God sees, you know, and, and to see, see God moving in this state. Get behind your church. 
You know, own the vision of this, this amazing church. Be a part of it. Get passionate about it. I know you are. Amen? Do you personally have that kind of conviction? And my third point is we've got to relax into the presence of God. We've got to trust God and not go to worry, not go to fear, but go to trust. That's what Jesus said in that boat. He said, come on, don't you trust me? And I think about it, it's like, have you ever been on a really scary roller coaster? And you, when you get off the roller coaster, you've been holding the, what are those things? Harness, really. You've been holding the harness. And it, you've been holding it so tight when you get off the roller coaster, you can't extend your arms. Just like, it's like you've been to the gym first time in like a year or something. And just like, oh, what, what did you do on the weekend? Oh, I went to Disneyland, you know. And, then like, and, 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 and the thing is, you've been holding it so tight but it's not what's holding you in. It's not your own strength holding you in. It's the harness. And, you know, it's a lot more fun to ride with your hands up, you know, if you're brave enough to do it, to get a bit crazy and be silly and, and enjoy the ride and, and, and not to just be, you know. And life is full of ups and downs. And it's not going to be you holding, it's not going to be your strength that gets you to the destination. It's got to be Jesus. And we can actually enjoy the journey. Even though we're in a hard moment, get in the presence of God. <sighs> Thank you, Lord, that you're in control, that you are the, the Lord over this storm, and that at any moment you could just speak to the storm and it could all be over. You are my anchor. Your promises are what I hold to. So I just, I just want to be in your presence, Lord. I just want to trust you for my future. It's a choice to relax in his presence, and we can all make that choice. So today I want to ask you to stand, and I want to pray over those of you here today that maybe, maybe you're in that kind of situation. Maybe there's something in your life that you're going through, or maybe even someone that you love's going through something. And even if, you're in a, even if things are good right now, which I pray that it is, we need to be ready for those moments. And uh, why don't we just close our eyes for a moment. Let's, let's just pray. I want to pray for anyone here today that's saying, God, uh, you, you are my anchor. Jesus, what you did on the cross, what you paid for on that cross is my anchor. That's what I put my hope in for my breakthrough. If that is you here today, why don't you just raise your hands? I'm going to pray for you. Great. Lord, you see the hands. You know people's situations. And you love them. And you're on their side, Lord. And we, Lord, I just speak life into their hearts. I just speak hope into their situation, Lord. As we, as we choose, we make that decision as a mature believer to say, God, my hope is in your promise for my life. My hope is in what you did on the cross. And so, Lord, we choose to trust in you. We choose to say, you are my anchor in this storm. 
And Lord, we believe for great things. We believe that when, as this storm passes, Lord, we'll be at a new level in our life, Lord. A new level of blessing, a new level of anointing. Lord, just a new level of, of, of closeness with you as we cling to you in the storm. We believe for that in Jesus' name. Amen.